You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. dedicated to helping couples, married couples, dating couples, engaged couples, build their marriages and relationships on the rock that is Jesus Christ. I'm Father Peter Buckmans. I'm here with my co-host, Sandra Labuvi. Good morning, Sandy. How are you doing? Oh, good morning, Father Brito. I am doing well. I can't believe, though, that we are at this time of year already talking about the holidays coming up and Thanksgiving coming up in less than oh my. Yeah. Are you ready? I don't have to do anything to get ready, uh, you know, but it's interesting that they're already, I can see lights on streets and people are starting to decorate their homes. I hope we don't start hearing Christmas music already now. I mean, this is only, you know, we are one week away from Thanksgiving and in the old days, I think it was after Thanksgiving we started doing all that. It sure has advanced. You must not listen to the radio, though, because I'm hearing it already on the oh, radio. I mean, yeah, maybe even a week ago. <laughs> what really made me laugh, though, was when I drove into the neighborhood probably a week or so ago, and they still had the beautiful fall decorations up and the Christmas wreaths. They were up together. And I thought, yeah. this? let's at least finish one before we start the next. But yeah, exactly. people seem eager, right? It's just our nature, eager to get to the next thing, huh? Yeah. Talking about being eager, I've been eager to introduce this couple for a long time on our show. You know, I have known them for a few years. They're uh, really an interesting, special couple, I got to say. And uh, so, I would like to invite our couple for today, Dan Petroski and Maggie McQuaid. And so, good morning, Dan, and good morning, Maggie. Good morning. Good morning. So here I am with Sandy, our co-host. Uh, I know both of you know her, at least. So, how are you feeling? Uh, are you a bit nervous? Or you don't have to be, I know. I'm a little bit nervous. I'm not nervous. Oh, Maggie, you're a teacher, so you don't have to worry. <laughs> yeah, so, well, thanks for, thanks for agreeing to come on the show. Father Brito has talked about bringing you guys on for a while. And um, as we were reminiscing before the show started, Dan, I got to know you in the early days of COVID when our way of doing things, Maggie, we talked about this too, our way of doing things completely broke all norms that we were used to. And we had to learn how to do live streams or teach our students remote and all of these different things. Um, but it's so nice to have you both on the show. And we like to always open up by just asking the couple to uh, go ahead and introduce themselves for our listeners. Pretend um, you're not speaking to Father Brito and I, who know some of your story, but our listeners, just let them know how it is that you two met and um, 
how your journey of, of love and commitment uh, developed from that point forward. Hmm. Well, I, I, I think, um, you know, it's interesting that uh, we actually both met Father Brito at the same time. So neither one of us knew him, you know, before the other. We were both uh, attending church at St. Nick's in Evanston. And after Father Brito did a, um, did a, uh, uh, a mass there, we just like, like, who is this guy? Yeah. They like this guy. We got to come back and check this guy out. So Father Bruno has been a part of our relationship for um, really since the, you know, very near the beginning for us. And then it was really, a, uh, I think, a God incidence that he left St. Nick's and ended up at St. Paul, which was my church. Maggie and I were dating at the time. And we'd go back and forth between um, Evanston, you know, near where Maggie lived and uh, Park Ridge. And then he left that church and came to St. Paul the Cross. So you know, we were really blessed and we we're like, this is a sign that, you know, he's a special guy in our lives. So, uh, yeah, Maggie and I met, um, we actually met Irish dancing at the Irish American Heritage Center. And, uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm not Irish at all, um, but <laughs> she is. Um, so I waited, waited, I think, how long was it? Eight years for you to show up. About that long. <laughs> wow. And someone introduced us and then she our friend whispered in Dan's ears, she's single. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> and then uh, it was about six weeks later after we met that he actually asked me out. And when did you meet? What I missed the, the year. When was that? Uh, 2007. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, so we dated for a while, I think about six years. And then we married, Father Bruno married us in 2014. So we married eight years now. Wow. Okay. So that was a seven year, yeah, seven year span of time from when you met till you had gotten married. Um, why, um, why did it take seven years? What was it about that period that made you feel, okay, we, we want to take our time and now we are finally ready to make this step into a, a marriage commitment? What, what was behind that? You know, it was interesting because I think both of us had a lot of fears going into the relationship and we we're a bit older. So we had already kind of established our lifestyle, our friends, um, things that we'd like to do. And of course, we were thrilled when we met each other and we had a lot of things in common, but we still had all these other things in our lives that we were committed to. And Dan has two children. And um, so that was something I wasn't used to. I was single. I hadn't been married before. Dan had been married before. And um, so just there were some complications that we had to work through. Yeah, when you when you meet and start dating in your you know late 40s or well, I guess it was early 40s when we started, but um, it's just different. And and there are, like Maggie said, there's there's complications. Um, I, I personally think the biggest thing, that I noticed for myself was just growing up. Like when you live um, without any challenges, you know, say when you live alone and you can just do things your way, um, you you really, you can develop some bad habits. You can stay stuck. You can stay, you know, very narrow-minded. I think for me, I'm just speaking for myself. Um, and then you start dating somebody or you even just a work relationship or whatever, like you're challenged with having to adapt to doing things a different way. So, you know, um, I had been divorced for, I think it was about 10 years before I met Maggie. So my kids were 
and their teen years. Um, but, you know, we had a set way of doing things. And I had my view of things in the world. And all of a sudden, Maggie came in and kind of challenged that a little bit. And if we were going to be a couple, we had to work through uh, a lot of growth. I'd call it growing up, at least for me. I had a lot of growing up to do, um, you know, and I was 40 some years old and I had to grow up again. But uh, we worked it out. And uh, a lot, actually, we did pick up uh, by going to Father Brito's masses and his hearing his sermons. And uh, um, it did help us, actually, with, you know, looking at dating and looking at a relationship differently, like looking at through God's eyes, like, what does God want from this relationship? I mean, it really was challenging. Now, for our couples who may find themselves in similar situations where maybe one had been married prior or one has children and they're coming together in perhaps a second marriage for one or both of them. Do you have any advice you would offer in regards to the challenges that you um, enter into when that when those two worlds come together, as opposed to people who meet when they're young and haven't um, been in these kinds of relationships before and don't bring that into the equation? Yeah, I think a couple of things that, that really helped us was um, being open to learning um going to you know people that could lead you like if you didn't um if you don't have natural uh, relationship great relationship skills which i don't know how many people do um but you know be open to learning about building relationships you know we read a couple of books together um we learned about love languages you know we learned what was important to each other and and be open to you know changing yourself a little bit. You don't have to become a different person, but be willing to change and uh, mature. You know, you know, you know, in the Bible, we hear all the time about how a mature person is patient, loving, forgiving. You know, um, if you don't have those things and you're not putting your partner ahead of yourself and thinking about loving them um, in a sacrificial way. I remember that was one of the words that father taught us. Uh, sacrificial love, um, then you're just basically self, self-centered, self-focused love. And I, I think that was kind of a foundation for us is like, okay, we're running into this roadblock. Now, how can we, uh, how can we find a middle ground or how can we compromise on it? For me, I think um, acceptance played a key part, you know, just accepting Dan's children uh, as being part of his life and and accepting his feelings about it. Um, and also that self-sacrifice piece, I think, has really played a huge role in our relationship because I think it it works against resentment. So if you're sacrificing for the person that you love and you know that they're sacrificing for you, it really, I think, prevents any resentment down the road. Um, you're on the same team. And once we got engaged, it was very clear to both Dan and I, that we were very much on the same team, as opposed to us dating and me being out there um, kind of separate from Dan and his children. Now, Dan and I were kind of like one. And it, it was amazing the difference that happened once we got engaged. Um, but again, continuing with all those principles that Father Brito taught us, we really do implement that. And it was a huge, I think it's a huge part of our relationship and why we succeed is that self-sacrifice. And I think both of you are so rooted in your faith 
that was a big part of your relationship. And I think that kind of guided everything, all the sacrifice you had to make. And I think that made it possible for you to do what you did. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I do. You know, the foundation, you know, we had a lot of growing to do, even in our faith, but the foundation was there. I think we both had a, a love of God and we wanted to grow and being open to learning. Yeah. It's a, so we are almost coming to a break. Uh, so we'll continue our conversation with Dan and Maggie. So don't touch the dial. We'll be back. Charities on Friday, December 2nd for the 33rd annual Spirit of St. Nicholas Ball at the Chicago Hilton. The Spirit of St. Nicholas Ball is one of the most elegant galas of the holiday season in Chicago, and proceeds provide critical funding for our programs and services into the new year. Families, friends, and work colleagues make a tradition out of gathering at this extraordinary black tie event to celebrate the Christmas season. Enjoy an opening reception, gourmet meal, and live entertainment, courtesy of the Ken Arlen Orchestra, all in support of Catholic Charities. Don't miss this special night for a great cause on Friday, December 2nd. To purchase tickets for the Spirit of St. Nicholas Ball, visit catholiccharities.net slash events or call 312-948-6963. That's 312-948-6963. There is no doubt this life is short. It is in you I trust to spread your truths, your goodness, and love. It is you who will give a leader to our church. Who will fill these shoes? show dedicated to helping our couples, uh, whether they're married, dating, engaged couples, helping them to build their lives on the rock that is Jesus Christ. I am Sandy Labuvi here with Father Brito Birchmans, and we are so happy to have Dan Petrosky and Maggie McQuaid with us today, um, a wonderful couple who actually met and started dating in their 40s. Um, so it might be a little bit different story than, than some of us have experienced. And they, they coming together later in life as they did, they, they had to really learn how to bring two very different worlds together. And before the break, they were talking to us about the importance of having openness to learning and especially to self-sacrifice, which I think is a wonderful um, insight and good advice for any, any relationships, whether they start young or old, or just this concept of self-sacrifice in a relationship. 
and how that can help to set you up for greater success. Um, so I'd like to ask you guys, if there were any particularly challenging situations that you had to face as a couple, um, perhaps in your marriage, uh, even if before, um, and how did you navigate those? Like, do you have any ad advice for our listeners on what works well in those situations or even what doesn't work well, which sometimes is really good information to have too? Mm. We've had so many challenging situations. Mm. Sweetie, do you have one you'd, you'd want to talk about? Um, I think, you know, again, some of the challenges I think for me have been maybe um, my relationship with Dan's children and and my uh, my attitude towards forming those relationships and Dan's attitude towards it or just our belief system about children and the different even though Dan's kids were well they were they were in high school when we met um, and I think the key in some of the challenging situations was to really listen to each other and to accept each other's feelings about the situation and about um, just about how the other person felt, most importantly. If you can accept what the other person feels, even if you don't necessarily understand it, I think it's key to have that attitude of acceptance. Yeah, that's a good one. Um... And I think I, I personally had to do some growing there. You know, I'm a very logical, analytical person, and I thought with enough information, things could change. And what I realized was what Maggie just said, that forget about information and forget about logic and reason for a minute. Look at your partner, look at your spouse, and hear what they're saying, really hear what they're saying and and not necessarily understand their feelings, but accept them, acknowledge them and accept them. And there's some, you know, some techniques like, you know, using I statements and things where you focus on feelings and you you repeat back what the person said to you when they use the I statement. Um, it, it's, it's kind of foundational to resolving conflict if you can start from a place of accepting their feelings, recognizing that those feelings are going to influence any kind of rationale or logic that you try to apply to situation people from the outside I, I i would bet look at some of the things that are going on with our families and they may it may not make sense to them from the outside based you know the decision that we're making but if they were able to be in our shoes and understand the other one's feelings and the feelings that are around the issue it would make a lot more sense i think far too many people and and i was included in this make the mistake of managing a relationship based on logic or history you know we've always done things this way you know like me with my kids if i've always done things one way and i just expect maggie to adapt well that's pretty narrow-minded um you know i had to understand her family you know she has uh sisters and a brother and and they're very important to her and they, none of them live in chicago and she likes to travel to see them so i have to you know make sure that i um understand and accept that and we travel a bit, bit to visit with them quite a bit. So in the same way that my kids are important, her family is important. And um, it took it took a lot for me to kind of wrap my brain around that and accept it. I think this kind of highlights something I've noticed too, that um, there's a fundamental difference between men and women when it comes to relationships and their needs. 
um, I'm speaking in generalities. I'll put myself in the same camp here um, that I think Maggie may relate to, too, and much of what you said, Dan. As women, um, first and foremost, before we move forward with anything, we want to be heard. <laughs> we want to be heard. And sometimes I think the men are quick to want to jump to the logic or the solutions mode <laughs> because they see that as an expression of love. But as a woman, we're like, wait, wait, wait a minute, back up. <laughs> I'm not asking for a solution now. Just hear me, hear my pain, meet me in this space, as vulnerable as it is. Yeah, that I, I completely echo what you said, Sandy, because men and women are different. We men are problem solvers. So if you come to me with a problem, I want to tell you what the solution is. But the woman says, what do you think? I'm not smart enough to solve my own problem. Then why are you coming to me? Validate my feelings. The guy says, I don't know what it is. So I think that is something that we all have to learn. And also, I think Dan and Maggie, I think another thing that really stands out for me is that you are so flexible, you know, because you cannot go with preconceived ideas and preconceived expectations. You're ready to grow. You're ready to change, adapt, sacrifice. And that is the key, I think, especially because, you know, you are marrying later and you come with your own, you know, prehistory. And I'm sure that is a key to making it work. Definitely. Yes, but I, I, I think that we had to learn how to be flexible, Father Brito. And that came from working through all these problems, talking about it, and, and maybe communicating ahead of time when we see that, okay, this situation didn't go well last time. Let's talk about it ahead of time. Let's have a plan so that feelings don't get hurt. Um, and yeah, I'd like to think that we're flexible at this point when we've been together almost 14, 15 years. So I think it's definitely something we had to learn and be open to. Yeah. Well, is there any other insight or wisdom you would like to share with our couples that you have learned in the years you've been together? You know, I think one thing for, for us, we talk about this a lot, like, what makes our relationship, you know, run smoothly or uh, keep going? And I think it's been uh, humor. Um, I like to think of humor as, you know, the oil that allows the engine to run. Uh, many times um, I'll, I'll say or do something, you know, that say I'm really annoyed at, you know, where Maggie puts her shoes, just making something up. And I'll, I'll make a comment and she'll actually laugh at my comment where maybe in the past I was expecting like kind of a encounter, like a, you know, you know, Hey, we're going to debate about this or something, but she just laughs at me and it totally diffuses me. Like mm -hmm. I just like, I forget about my strong opinion about the way I like, you know, where her shoes were or whatever, because she's laughing. And somehow when she laughs, I'm, I'm just like, I don't know, I, I can't explain it, but, uh, or, or oftentimes the other way around, I, I say something to make her laugh and uh, it just, it yeah, problem, I think. yeah, it's we we joke around a lot. I mean, if a day goes by where we don't laugh, that's a very unusual day. There's there's something wrong. Either we're sick or somebody's got some tension or something. We can tell in a second if the other one is off because we usually have a very light, um, you know, jocular kind of relationship. I don't know. What do you think, sweetie? I I think that's so true. I think joking and laughing definitely makes life sweeter. Oh, yes. I think it was the 
comedian Victor Borga, he said that laughter is the shortest distance between two people. Uh, I think we have talked about this, Sandy, in the past, right? How humor is such an important ingredient in a happy marriage. I tell couples, when you can laugh together, that's a good sign. But when one person laughs, the other person gets mad, that is not a good sign. <laughs> well, and even within that, too, I'd like to challenge ourselves to be able to laugh at ourselves. I mean, part of this begins with just not taking life too seriously, Yes. And I know people who do take it very seriously, and I can tend to that myself at times. Um, it's a much more difficult way to go through life if we can just kind of right size things and keep that perspective of um, taking things a little bit lighter, uh, starting with ourselves. And then, of course, as a couple, like you say, Dan and Maggie, that's wonderful. That's just wonderful. Yeah, it really does help if you have a similar sense of humor or, or, or something, you know, she I mean, we, we, if you can make each other laugh, we don't actually have a similar sense of humor because I watch Seinfeld all the time. And she's like, <laughs> I cannot watch this show. Nope. I'm not watching the show with you. <laughs> but yet I say things that Jerry Seinfeld would have said and they make her laugh. So I don't know. Maybe it's a delivery. Maybe uh, it's the person. Maybe it's the person, Dan. <laughs> uh, well, I think at the bottom of it all is the great love you have for each other. And that has remained strong and growing. I think we are coming to the end of our wonderful interview with Dan and Maggie. Thank you for being here. And, uh, and unfortunately, we have to conclude. You see how fast the time goes. So Sandy, I think thinking about everything that's going on in the world, in the country, maybe we need to pray for married people. What do you think? Oh, I think that's wonderful. Um, and yes, I'd love to conclude the prayer. I mean, the, the show with a prayer in defense of marriage. God, our Father, we give you thanks for the gift of marriage, the bond of life and love, and the font of the family. The love of husband and wife enriches your church with children, fills the world with a multitude of spiritual fruitfulness and service, and is the sign of the love of your Son, Jesus Christ, for his church. The grace of Jesus flowed forth at Cana at the request of the Blessed Mother. May your Son, through the intercession of Mary, Pour out upon us a new measure of the gifts of the Holy Spirit as we join with all people of goodwill to promote and protect the unique beauty of marriage. May your Holy Spirit enlighten our society to treasure the heroic love of husband and wife and guide our leaders to sustain and protect the singular place of mothers and fathers in the lives of their children. Father, we ask that our prayers be joined to those of the Virgin Mary, that your word may transform our service so as to safeguard the incomparable splendor of marriage. We ask these things through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. So thank you, Dan and Maggie, and God bless you. And uh, we thank all our listeners. We wish them a happy Thanksgiving. We have so much to be grateful for. And I think especially I invite all married couples to be grateful for the love of your spouse and celebrate them, celebrate your children, celebrate your family. God bless you. And I thank God for you, my co-host, Sandy. Oh, I thank God for you as well. Thank you. And thanks for joining us, Dan and Maggie. And of thank course, you thanks, Sandy. thank thanks, you. Sandy. And we uh, shout out to those in the studio. Mike, happy Thanksgiving to you and to all of our listeners. Yes, all of you in the studio. God bless you guys. <laughs> <laughs>